This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Thursday the 23rd of September in your Squiz today, Melbourne's earthquake, Gabby Petito's death is ruled a homicide, a Christmas ham shortage, and the Ravens master the skies. This is your Squiz today. Of all the things Melbourne has endured this past two years, you wouldn't think an earthquake needed to be added onto that list. But yesterday morning, a 5.9 magnitude earthquake struck near Mansfield. And if you felt tremors in Sydney, regional New South Wales, Canberra, Adelaide and northern Tassie, you weren't imagining things either. First things first, Claire, I didn't even really think Australia had earthquakes. A hundred a year is what we usually get according to Geoscience Australia. They're the officials who monitor these sorts of things. But when you're looking at anything of any sort of significant magnitude, uh, they often happen in areas where people don't live and they don't happen very often. So every year or two, there's one of a magnitude five. When you're looking at big earthquakes magnitude six. Uh, That's every 10 years or so. And just for comparison, if you look at the one that hit Christchurch uh, not that long ago, it was in the sevens. So uh, we're not on a fault line, which means that we're sort of in the middle of a plate. So our earthquakes are a bit different to those in Indonesia uh, and New Zealand and a lot less frequent, but they do happen. Yeah, there you go. Back to the one in Melbourne, the initial quake was followed by a couple of aftershocks shocks. About six of them, they were in magnitudes four, three and two, uh, according to state emergency services. And authorities say that there's still a chance of significant aftershocks uh, today and going forward. They're very unlikely, though, to exceed that original magnitude 5.9. Some of the pictures coming out from Melbourne ranged from the funny memes, Melbourne we will recover, to buildings that had a fair bit of structural damage. As we said, Melbourne, you've had a lot on your plate this year. Take care of yourselves. (laughs) Still in Melbourne and the earthquake didn't deter protesters from again hitting the streets. The numbers were way down though, around 400 or so compared to around 2000 on Tuesday. Things still got pretty tense, Claire. Yeah, they did. And after splitting up into groups in the CBD, uh, most then landed at the Shrine of Remembrance, which is the city's war memorial. That's something that the RSL isn't happy about. When it comes to who was involved yesterday, the police say that there weren't as many tradies, that's a quote, as they had seen in protests earlier in the week. Uh, Reports also say that there were many holding anti-lockdown signs and shouting anti-vaccination messages. Uh, Those protests are set to continue today. They've continued that everyday chant. 200 of the crowd yesterday were arrested. Premier Daniel Andrews continues to call the unrest appalling. Over to the US and international relations continue to play out as world leaders meet in New York for the United Nations General Assembly. UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson has used a press conference to tell France to calm down over the new AUKUS military alliance between Australia, the UK and the US. The deal, of course, saw Australia pull out of a submarine deal with France, which is part of the reason they're a little bit annoyed. And Boris Johnson has done it in a rather unique way, (laughs) uh, talking to 
to reporters in Washington, D.C. He's told France to, and excuse my French, um, <laughs> donnez-moi un break, which is very French, forgive me a break. <laughs> he's also told them in French to get a grip. Uh, he's done with the anger that's coming his way. Uh, doing a bit better on the diplomacy front is Joe Biden, the US president. He has had a phone call with French President Emmanuel Macron. Uh, they've started to smooth things over uh, in a statement that was released after that call. There's kind of an admission from America that they should have been more consultative about AUKUS and France's ambassador will now return to the US. Uh, as for Prime Minister Scott Morrison, he's continuing those talks with US officials and with Joe Biden about what having nuclear subs uh, will mean. Uh, also talks about having UK and US nuclear-powered subs in our waters uh, a lot earlier than when we'll have our own capacity. As this story shows, the AUKUS alliance is a pretty big deal globally and with submarines being an integral part of it, we've done a squiz shortcut on the topic. So if you'd like to get across why they're such a big part of defence planning and what the deal is with nuclear-powered subs in particular, this is a good one, Claire. Look, I don't know about you, but I didn't know a whole lot about nuclear powered subs until <laughs> no, about a week ago. <laughs> so, needed to do a bit of homework on that. So, what Kate and I have done is just get to the basics of submarines. Uh, they're very expensive pieces of kit. They're going to continue to dominate the conversation for quite some years. So, it's just a good bit of background that will be handy to have in your back pocket. It's always great when you and Kate do my homework for me. <laughs> I'll pop a link to that one in your episode notes. Still in the US, and we spoke earlier in the week about the disappearance of social media influencer Gabby Petito. Her body has been found in a national park in Wyoming, and the case is now officially being investigated as a homicide. It is what police say is they're not entirely sure exactly how that she died, but they are confident that she did come to some misadventure and was killed. Uh, that continues to put pressure on finding Brian Laundrie. He has gone missing and police are really out to try and get to him so that they can question him about what happened to her. Laundrie, of course, being her fiancé, is now considered a key suspect in the murder. Back home and the hits just keep coming, Claire. Christmas time is fast approaching and there's reports that there could be a ham shortage. And of course, the C word is to blame. Bloody COVID. It's just one of Bloody those COVID. things that just Not the really, it's the gift that keeps on giving, except at Christmas time when might take <laughs> our ham, might take a whole lot of other things. Uh, there's going to be a lot of pressure on supply chains. Experts say that's things like lamb, fruit, veggies. Um, that comes down to some supply issues, but also issues with workforce because of COVID and that international border closure. We've been unable to get the sort of workforce that we normally have at this time of year. There are also pretty tight COVID restrictions on workplaces like abattoirs. The red meat industry are calling on those restrictions on meatworks to be lifted ahead of the Christmas rush. Fingers crossed we get our Christmas hands. On to some better news now for those that are partial to a bit of dairy, though. New research suggests a diet rich in dairy fat may lower the risk of heart disease. Yeah, what this study says is that it's the 
uh, acids in dairy fats that are really good for us and that it could actually lower the risk of cardiovascular disease. What the researchers say is that it's less important to select low-fat options. Of course, you've got to keep an eye on the sugar, though, when you're selecting those dairy items. <laughs> like those extra delicious yogurts. The outtake, though, full fat all the way. This news, though, seems kind of in keeping with the earthquakes, the plagues, the ham shortages. Ravens are on the attack in Canberra. Claire, specifically, they're getting a bit shirty at drones, the ones that are delivering stuff to people. <laughs> Canberra has some really interesting drone food delivery, coffee delivery services, but ravens attacking the drones with a <laughs> coffee order would just be heartbreaking <laughs> as it's descending upon you. <laughs> and yes, yeah, certainly have a look at the picture. It's quite remarkable. The drone company has halted deliveries while they work out what's going on with the birds. According to an ornithologist, because the deliveries have paused, the ravens will believe they have won and demonstrated <laughs> their mastery of the space. And that just sounds terrifying. Yeah, maybe we really are in the end time, so I'm not quite <laughs> sure what's happening. Too many things going on. Squeeze the day, Claire. What are you keeping an eye on? It's the International Day of Sign Languages. There's more yeah. than 300 sign languages around the world. Uh, Auslan, of course, is one of those. And we see those very good people doing very good work every day in those premiers press conferences. Yeah, haven't we seen that for sure over the last two years? For me, it's a birthday for Bruce Springsteen. If you're in the mood for the boss, he turns 72 today. Just keeps going, Claire. <laughs> He's not going to stop either, I don't think. Just keeps rocking. That's all from us today. Kate and Simone will be back with you tomorrow. Have a good one. We talk a lot about cybercrime and hacking because almost every day there seems to be some breaking news about another big data breach. But NordVPN can help protect you online, kind of like a cyber bodyguard. It protects your personal and sensitive data while you're online to stop it from falling into the wrong hands. That way, you don't have to worry about keeping your identity and private data safe every time you log on. And even if you make a mistake and click on a dodgy link or open a suspicious email, NordVPN's threat protection will kick in and delete it before it makes a mess of your computer. To find out more and get a great discount, visit NordVPN.com forward slash squiz today.